Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Allie Metter. She is the Chief Revenue Officer at Right Gift. Allie, thanks so much for taking the time today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to get started. Well, I'm uh, I'm thrilled to say that I had not actually known much about your work before uh, hearing something from a colleague of yours saying, hey, I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about with this whole idea of in-kind gifts of support that aren't necessarily cash, how we can maybe connect and think about things differently from maybe how they've been done before. Uh, but for other people that may also not have heard about Right Gift, can you just begin by telling a little bit about the organization? What is it that you do? Yeah, so Right Gift has been in business, you know, for about four years now, and we saw a huge intake of need for nonprofits throughout the pandemic. So while we're still a, a technology startup, um, you know, 90% of, of startups didn't make it through the pandemic. Mm, and, yeah. and we kind of pivoted in order to make sure we were serving nonprofits the best way that we could. So essentially what we are is a nonprofit procurement site. You can create wish lists and invite donors to come give on those wish lists. You can use our procurement services and our Right Gift team members to help you get products in cases or pallets that you might need. Um, we have flexible shipping logistics and, and we, we kind of act as that you know, inside bulk procurement manager that maybe you might not have the budget to, to pay right now. Um, and, and really trying to make sure that we're getting in-kind gifts and donations to the people that need them most. So a couple of different things I think that are very interesting to a lot of charities. One is that idea of any kind of support is good support. And, you know, certainly charities are used to asking for just out and out cash so that they can pay expenses and whatever. But in those cases where they might be able to uh, ease the administrative burden of doing what they're doing by uh, getting things donated, getting a better deal or easier logistics on stuff, um, thinking about those organizations that come to you, uh, I, I saw on the list of some of the folks you've worked with, like a Boys and Girls Club, for example, where they may um, need supplies, equipment that they work with. Um, how might they find you in the first place if they're thinking, well, you know, I do have to buy a bunch of stuff to keep my work going, but I'm used to just, you know, going out and picking it up from an office supply store, or I go to a, a big box warehouse kind of store and try to get things a little bit less expensively there. How might they think to connect with you to ease some of those costs and processes? Mm -hmm. So I think the almost a place to start is during the pandemic, we saw a lot of groups that were misusing their cash funds, which mm -hmm. kind of affected donor transparency and how much they trusted uh, the giving process. So really what we consider in-kind donation is a good service or time, right? And anything outside of cash. So what, what I tell people is you know, there are people that want to just give items. They, they don't want right. to give cash. Um, so essentially what you're doing is inviting a new donor and a new type of donor to, you know, your website. And you're really just putting a button next to it that says give cash or give these items that we need. It's, it's things as boring as office supplies, um, just, just things to kind of keep the volunteers happy and, and with the products that they need. And if, if you're ever looking up, you know, bulk, uh, purchasing or buying a case of backpacks 
or buying, um, you know, menstrual hygiene products and, and mm-hmm. you're getting those products from the store, you're going to see a much higher price than if you went through a platform like this that deals with wholesale pricing. So really, I mean, well, we have a lot of clients come to us through referrals. It's normally oh, okay. a nonprofit that brings on a CSR partner, right? A, a business like a um, Tennessee Titans, for example, right? They want to give gifts. They want to um, really know their impact. So they prefer to, to give items instead of cash. And that's, that's how people kind of come to us. What, whether they're doing a Google search on their own and just trying to look for lower price so that they can stretch their budget, or if they're referred to us through another nonprofit or business, we, we take all kinds. Um, I, I even have a 15 year old who does about $5,000 in school supplies every year. So individuals <laughs> platform as well. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful that, you know, you get that kind of a point of entry for a younger person to start thinking about that community focused way of being engaged in some needs, getting some needs met. That's a wonderful example. Uh, I think as I hear you talk about your work, you know, I've certainly been part of many charities where they've needed to uh, use consumable items in their work. Uh, One of the organizations I support here in Minneapolis does some uh, food relief stuff. And while they certainly have to source food supplies. They are also sourcing cleaning supplies. They're sourcing uh, packaging materials for food that's being prepared to be shipped out. All those kinds of things that make the nonprofit mission go. But I don't know that they often consider the total cost of that and how they might be able to reduce that cost either through an out-and-out gift from another partner. You know, maybe it's a food supply warehouse that actually has all that packaging stuff. Uh, But for them to be able to track down who might be able to make the gift or who might be able to give us a better deal on something where we do need to purchase it does seem to me to be a a fairly, you know, unique specialization that unless you're a multi-multi-million dollar nonprofit may feel like that's out of reach. Uh, Mm -hmm. So as they think about you as their kind of procurement specialist to think about either, is there a donation or is there a way to save some money on the cost of these things? um, How do they begin working with you to find out, first of all, even if you're the right fit? I mean, maybe there are some things that they feel are a little too specialized and, and that doesn't make as much sense to go outsource, but how do you help determine with a client, whether you can add some value to them? Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, first and foremost, it's all about stretching their budget, right? Uh, most most people, most organizations, unless they're doing consistent fundraising all the time, they're not exactly growing their budget every year. Yeah. And with inflation, uh, where it is in the supply chain, you know, cr- crazier than ever with us outsourcing so much, um, it's just an expensive time right now to be a nonprofit and to help as many people that need help. Um, so what, what I normally say is it's, there's no risk, right? You, you can sign up for a right gift account and it takes less than, than a minute. You can sign up as a business, an individual or a nonprofit. You can set up your own wish list from there. And those items are going to be wholesale priced. It's, it's not going to be the Walmart and target case, you know, case price. What we're looking at you know, 40% lower on average. Um, Same with Amazon. Most people are buying those items through Mm -hmm. Amazon, even after they get the cash. And Amazon is is really just a marketplace of resellers who who can charge whatever they want to, right? So 
just getting started signing up for a free account that's where you'll get to meet with our team members and they will talk through okay what are your what are your plans for the year do you have events coming up do you have just items that you need every single month and you know that because you're a homeless shelter and you go through you know so many cases of of hand sanitizer in a quarter mm -hmm. and all you have to do is fill out a form on our website and we'll get you a quote. And then whether you work with us or not, um, we're obviously going to come to the table with the most competitive pricing that we can, but it's also about the shipping cost, right? And those surprise, right. those surprises on the back end that even though the pricing might look good up front, it, it gets you in the end. So all of our, all of our items include pricing um, for, for shipping and, and things like that. So that's that's really the easiest way to get started is is to just start a free account or just just to take a chance and see if we can save you money because if we can and the quality is you know the same as what you've been purchasing or better then that's that's something that you can set it and forget it because we're going to keep you know putting that together for you every single month we're going to keep sending out the products that you need and we can hold products too if it's a storage issue so we're we're really trying to be as flexible as possible with nonprofits because no nonprofit looks the same well that's for sure and i'm i'm interested to hear you talk a little bit about that um how much can you store versus needs to be shipped right away question because i do think when people hear uh sure you can save money buying in bulk but we don't have a lot of space to store things or uh, and and that's a concern for us so it's probably not the right solution but that's even something in logistics management that you can help them think through as well, that maybe if they mm -hmm. can get a good purchase price on a certain volume of items, you can ship some of it and hold some of it for them. Is, am I hearing you right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, Right Gift started as a company and we worked with the Walmarts and the Targets of the world. Um, and we just realized that, that, that they aren't really set up to help nonprofits manage these types of logistics that absolutely play a part in their volunteer days or how much product they can buy at one time. And the more product you can buy, the lower price you can get. Mm -hmm. So our, our goal is whether you need monthly shipments or quarterly shipments, or if you want to buy backpacks right now, um, you know, May, May 20th, you're buying backpacks. We know from our supply chain internally that those backpacks are going to be gone by July. So if we need to hold those backpacks for you now until August when your event is so that you can hand them out to the students, then then we'll, we'll do that. Um, we, we really try to be as flexible as possible because Every nonprofit has different challenges and even businesses, right? Even businesses who might need to spend money before a fiscal year is over or something like that. And they, they want to donate. They just don't know who to donate to. So we'll facilitate those types of relationships as well through our concierge program. Well, that I was unaware of that part of what you do, and that's a really compelling reason to start thinking about moving earlier. I, I do also work with an organization that does some uh, supplying of kids for back to school stuff and storing the backpacks and all of the things has been a concern. So that's really interesting to hear you use that particular example because it touches a part of my life right away. Like, oh, I see where that could be really helpful to um, some folks. I think part of the um, the value question that that happens with a lot of nonprofits when they think about gifts in, in kind, though, is making that match of 
what if somebody does actually want to donate uh, a, a specific type of item use, whatever, and, uh, you know, we might be a really good fit for them, but we just don't know who each other are. You know, I don't know who might source that particular thing. Um, you know, I also work with a, um, a small community medical clinic, for example, and they have some more specialized needs for, you know, gloves and, and those kinds of things. Um, maybe harder to just get from anywhere, but what if there mm -hmm. was somebody, how do you help them determine whether there's going to be a match for a donation versus uh, that's something that we are going to need to purchase. We want to talk about what's the best pricing in terms to get it to you. Uh, do they need to come up with some ideas on who might be able to donate something as a producer of those things? Do you help them figure that out? Mm -hmm. So there's there's a couple of different ways to go about it. If if you're using a wish list, um, which some people do, right? Some people use Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, you're not getting donor information with Amazon, so you can't you you can't come back in and say thank you so much for your gift and and, and create a lifelong donor that way. So that that's the first real difference with the platform is it's it really is a consultation, and we are going to make sure that the items that you're receiving are actually what you need, right? I've, I've heard stories about people who were in the wildfires in California and they needed water and, you know, basic hygiene items for these people who had lost their homes and people were donating, you know, used bikinis. So mm -hmm. just it's, it's, that's the first hump is really making sure that you're not accepting in-kind items right now that you can't do anything with. Um, and if that's the case, then our team members will make sure that when we go to put a wish list together, right, to, to offer to external donors, that those are items that either you're going to use immediately and it's going to be a short four-week campaign, or if it's going to be ongoing, you know, we are prioritizing the items that you're running out of. We're pushing those to the top of the wish list and 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 managing it instead of just setting it and forgetting it. So that that's a way that we kind of use our consultation services to make sure that you're engaging your external community in a way that's beneficial for you. Um, on the on the bulk purchase side, you know, no matter if you're using our wish list platform or or a bulk purchase side, we are sourcing from the same suppliers. It's okay. their wholesale suppliers. Almost all of them are based in the United States, which has helped us during this supply chain crunch. <laughs> um, and, you know, we are are, are, are going to honor prices across whatever tool or feature you're using on the platform but where the consultants really come in is if if you just have needs that you know and you have the budget for it let's buy it let let's let's get that inventory in in your hands because the prices are going to keep going up i mean clear into summer of 2023 we are going to be feeling the pain of the supply chain so Right now, my, my biggest push for all of my clients, no matter you know what they're asking for, whether it's medical supplies or volunteer supplies or menstrual hygiene products, we're trying to get them to pre-order those those pieces so that we can save it for them, hold it for them. Um, if you need help with ideas about what to ask your donors for, I mean, you can have as many wish lists as you want to on the platform, and that's kind of a nice A/B testing, I think, to to see what your donors are are attracted to in terms of where they want to see their impact. So it really just starts with a conversation, normally a video call of some sort, and we talk about all the things that have gone wrong. Um, in, in your in-kind giving and receiving world, and then how we can 
maybe help patch some of those things for you so that you can save a little bit of money and engage some new donors. Yeah, I think that that donor uh, goal or intent question is a really important one here because I, I I think charities need to be clear about what actually helps them with their mission. Or, you know, in some cases, of course, it's also possible for uh, a charity, if they're going to get a gift, something that they don't really need to try to liquidate that for some other value and then, you know, use mm-hmm. the cash. Um, but I, I think most often we'd, we'd rather not go through that kind of a process if we can get a cash gift to meet expenses great if there's a need that we actually have and we can get those things given through a, a wish list or whatever function that's also great but i i know that some of the charities i work with we really have to talk about a gift acceptance policy to help them be clear with the donors about what they can really use and what's not necessarily helpful because if somebody sees that you're accepting in kind they may go oh well i've got a warehouse full of widgets and you're accepting yeah. in kind gifts so come get mm-hmm. my widgets and i don't have to worry about them anymore uh, so do you talk through that idea of, you know, do you have a formal gift acceptance policy? How do you help communicate to donors what's really helpful and what might be less helpful for them, even if somebody really believes in the mission, if it's just a mismatch um, in the first place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that that's the number one reason why nonprofits don't want to go back to trying in kind because they had a bad experience. Yeah. They they received, a, you know, a, a half a truckload of, of products that they couldn't use. And then they spent their volunteers time or their admins time trying to find a place to put all this stuff. So, I mean, that's the first piece that we talked to them about is is really what have you received that you just can't do anything with? Um, and our main goal is that cash is used for the expenses of running the business or, uh, or the nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's keeping the lights on. That's, that's paying people, you know, what, what they need to be paid in order to, to stay with, within your nonprofit group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, I encourage people to ask for everything because a printer cartridge is e- either you get someone to donate that printer cartridge, or you're going to go pay for it. And if you're getting someone to donate it at, you know, instead of buying it yourself for seven, that's two more dollars that you can allocate toward keeping the lights on and and maybe giving someone that pay raise that they so deserve that they haven't been able to get because the cash has been pretty a steady flow. Um, So we, we will definitely talk to people about I've had all kinds of stories about people getting getting stuff that just really put a bad taste in their mouth. So everything that they're asking for is approved by them, right? It's it's whoever is managing that wish list is is the one that's that's making sure that everything's coming in that they need. They can take stuff off. It's a live wish list, so you can change it anytime. Um, and then you know, tax receiving wise. The nonprofit is always responsible for that tax receipt, but we provide basically everything that you need in order to file your taxes if 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 you don't want to reach out directly to the nonprofit. So that is something that I've coached some charities through about the idea of acknowledging the gift of materials, but not necessarily trying to value it on behalf of the client, because that, you know, they they may have a different idea of what their gift was worth to them versus what it might have 
um, come in for you or what you would have charged for it or some other thing like that. Uh, in, in your software or your system working with them, is it really just acknowledging to donors it was, you know, a pallet of X and a shipment of Y rather than it was this much dollars worth? Or, or how do you help people get the right information to acknowledge those donors? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's both, honestly. So okay. every item is it's it's similar to a, an Amazon wish list where you're seeing what the cost of that product is. And then what our platform does, it's a little different is is we can bunch products up, right? If if you want to do a dental kit instead of just having somebody do toothbrushes or toothpaste individually as cases, we'll change that language so that people understand that this one kit is going to this singular middle school student um, so that they can see the value of the dollar, but also they can physically see the product mm. and who it's going to be going to. Um, so, you know, we have custom SKUs on our, on our site that are, are, are worded however that nonprofit wants to explain. The price is the price though. So um, it's always gonna be that wholesale price. And then that is the amount that they're using on, on their receipting at the end of everything, so. And you provide that to the charity who in turn provides it to the donor or do you in some cases go right to the donor with that info? How do they flow that? Both. So, okay. so they will receive a... Um, message from Right Gift saying you purchased these items for this group. Um, here's here's your receipt of that, right? And then the donor, uh, excuse me, the nonprofit also can pull an order report. And if that donor has opted in their name um, and some of their contact information, which we get about a 65, 75% opt-in rate, depending on the season, which is, is pretty good, um, considering that really people don't like to share their information. Um, but, you know, we give them that opportunity to opt in. And, and like I said, most of them do. And so when the nonprofit goes to pull their order report at the end of the month or at the end of the year, they can pull any stretch of dates they're looking for. They're going to see, you know, Joe Smith donated, these five items for this total amount. Here's what those items cost individually. Um, here is a email for him or a phone number so that you can reach out to him and say thank you because that is the true key of, of in-kind is, you know, cash, you can see that information for the most part. In-kind, mm -hmm. a, a lot of platforms just, just don't provide that. So as long as you're, you know, putting the onus on the donor and they feel comfortable uh, a lot of times they leave a message. I mean, there's even a section where they can say, thank you so much for what you're doing for my community. And those types of things can be used to really show the impact of, of the gift to other donors in the future. So do you run into uh, people getting a little confused about like the Amazon Smile program versus a wish list to get things where it, it isn't actually a donor buying a thing that's going to benefit the charity? They're buying their own thing for their own reasons. And there's a very tiny little slice that then might be available to a charity. I see those sometimes on people's uh, websites as, as donation options. I, I personally am a little concerned about having people think that they've made a meaningful gift to a charity by buying 
buying a coffee pot when it ends up being, you know, three or four cents really at the end of the day, it's such a, mm-hmm. a minimal component. But I think that might provide some confusion to some people about, you know, wish lists versus purchasing versus donations and those things. Because I, I do also, of course, see the the classroom, you know, I, I need X number of uh, fidget tools for kids. Uh, I, and here's my link on Amazon to buy them for me and have them shipped to me. So I, I've seen both. But do you have clients that are a little bit kind of cluttered in their messaging to their potential donors about what's an in-kind contribution and what's them, you know, kind of getting a cut of a sale of something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Amazon Smile, I will never tell a nonprofit to not use it, but I highly encourage them not to advertise that as like a giving opportunity. It is, it, it's, it's sense. I mean, you're, you're yeah. exactly right. And there's a lot of rules. Um, you know, it, it doesn't include taxes, services, fees, like it, it, it doesn't include a lot of products. Um, they, they have a very strict list of, of what yeah. actually qualifies for the program. So in my mind, it's, 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 you know, a couple dollars here and there, maybe at the end of the quarter of the year, but it's not enough to make donors feel like they've given something and they don't know that. So it's, it's definitely a, a, a mixed marketing situation on, on that, you know, corporate end, but what, what we try to do is, well, we offer 1% cash back and with, with our situation, it's, it's on everything. I mean, it's, it's not picking and choosing what works best for us. We're just offering 1% cash back because it makes donors feel like they're giving twice. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the difference, right? Is, is being able to give an in-kind item that they're actually going to use and be able to say, yes, this is it. And then that 1% cash back, that's just, you know, coming out of, uh, out of, out of the markup margin, right. That we have to charge as a, as a platform. So yeah, I, I, I would never say that Amazon smile is gonna, is gonna get you to the finish line or give anyone a raise within your organization, right. but, but it's, it's, it's there and you just, you never know, maybe you might be able to get a, a, another thing of pencils at the end of the year, but for the most part, it's, it's best just to focus on asking for direct cash because you're going to use that cash to go purchase something in most cases uh, outside of running the, the nonprofit itself. Mm-hmm. Um, or you ask for the in-kind items that you actually want. And then the 1% is just like an addition on that, right? The, the 0.5% right. is just an addition on that. It's, it's really almost just like a tactic is, is what it is to, to make people feel like they're involved. But again, even, even if they're doing that, I mean, these nonprofits have no idea who's, who's even giving that amount because Amazon keeps that information and doesn't share it with the nonprofits. So yeah, it's it's a it's a hard way to um, establish a relationship with your donors where they want to keep coming back. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I think the biggest challenge is just really delineating that um, that promise that that Amazon and presumably some other folks put out there of oh, you know, if you have people buy this way on eligible purchases when they use the right link, which is you know the other thing you've got to be going <laughs> yeah. into smile.amazon.com and not your regular Amazon account, and all those conditions get met. It's not an in kind gift, you know, it is a different thing. But I can see where people 
people would get confused saying, well, okay, I, they're giving me a shopping link and, and I need to get things and, and that's fine. It doesn't maybe feel as clear to the donor that what they're giving, if they're doing that, when they buy a little something on Amazon is, is fairly inconsequential and, and really mm-hmm. isn't going to make any kind of impact versus you know, I um, I did have an experience not long ago uh, through Donors Choose, I think, I can't remember the platform, but one of those kinds of things um, where the classroom teacher had a Amazon list of things like, I'm going to have to spend cash on this if, I, if somebody doesn't buy it for me. So here's the list. Um, but I do think that it's interesting to now know they, they could also even maybe for something as small as a classroom uh, still set up an account if it's just, you know, I only need a small amount of these kinds of things, maybe an account with Bright Gift is still uh, a, a tactic that makes sense, or do you really need to have kind of a minimum number of annual purchases to really make the math work? We love teachers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I come from a family of a lot of teachers and, you know, personally, we were, that's all they were asking for for Christmas, right? Was a basket of, of items that they could use to decorate their classroom for the next year or books. I mean, mm-hmm. te- especially teachers are always needing stuff and it always comes out of their pocket. So we love teachers and we invite all teachers, admin, we work with a lot of schools. Um, You know, we work with a lot of assistance league chapters all over the country, and they primarily get uniform and casual clothing for students that are in Title I schools, right, Mm -hmm. at or below the poverty level. So, you know, it, it, like I said, we, we have individuals use the platform. It's really just a matter of how well you're coached in making your campaign successful. So that again, comes back to our right gift team members being able to talk to you and say, okay, you want these items delivered by this day. Okay. We're going to run a three week campaign so that we can kind of push that urgency. And we're going to do a case of each of these products, depending on how many students you have in your classroom. Right. So it used to be 24. Um, let's be real that now the classrooms are about <laughs> yeah. 40 students each. So, um, we, you know, we'll tell them, okay, let's this, this case is going to have 12 backpacks in it. So let's get, you know, three, four of these cases. And then you're really prioritizing. And all that teacher's doing is just sharing the link, sharing the link, sharing the link. And then a huge, a huge difference at, at the end of a campaign, though, especially with groups like Donors Choose or some of these other platforms is if you don't meet the goal, you won't get your items. And that has been something that I've personally figured out through wish list that my you know that my sister-in-law has used on donors choose and different and different places like that so unfortunately we we just don't live in a world where there's a lot of good technology and there's not gotchas at the end of it right a, a platform might say it's free but in order to get those products to your home you have to get all 500 of the products or else you have to start all over again so at at right gift i mean you start a campaign whatever you've raised in that amount of time you're going to get those those items by your delivery date and it, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher who has 40 students or you are an assistance league chapter in albuquerque that that clothes 31 schools with 40 to 75 kids in each school so the the best part about bulk purchasing and the way that we do it at right gift is that a case is a case so if the case comes with three then 
great. And if it comes with 15 or, you know, 40 or 122, you're going to know that up front so that we can manage how much product you're getting at, at any given time. So you said the key is sort of sharing the link out to potential donors that may want to give this way versus cash versus any other way of supporting a mission. Uh, do they uh, have the ability to embed some of that in a website? Do they just need to use email to get links out to potential donors? How do they help share the word that they've made this choice and they'd like people to know that this is another way they can support the mission? Yeah, I actually come from a advertising background. And so I know people have to see, you know, your link or your image seven or eight times before mm -hmm. they can even register what they're seeing, right? So no matter what platform you're comfortable with, we have a link for that. So whether it's embedding a link in your Instagram bio and sharing an image of the products or the students that will be getting these items or um, newsletters, internal newsletters. If you work for a company, we have a lot of remote companies that use the platform to engage their employees in mm. a meaningful way. Um, so it's, it's really just a matter of what you prefer to do. We, we have a button that you can put on your website and buttons are, are much better um, than just an individual link in general, just because there's more trust in a button. A lot of people see a blue link, blue hyperlink and think spam. Yeah. So we try to give as many options as possible. Um, what's nice about the button is our wish list. You can have as many as you want. Um, and that button is live all year round. So say you are a nonprofit and, you know, we, we meet in December and you tell me, okay, these are all my plans for the year. Let's go ahead and set up those campaigns. And then we're just going to toggle them on and off as, as we go through each quarter. So there's really kind of like a management, uh, you know, system going on within your own dashboard. And then you can choose how you want to get that information out, depending on, who you're trying to reach, right? If if you're a if you're a business and your employees are remote, you're going to be sending stuff through like an intranet, or you're going to be putting a little button on your website on your CSR page. If you're a nonprofit, you might have an email uh, tool that you're already using, and so mm -hmm. you're sending out that link that way. Um, a lot of nonprofits are very good at at social media and they get a lot of response that way. And every time that somebody tags us in something on social media, we, we try to share it because we do have a lot of angel donors that kind of watch our, watch our feeds. And we have really great, great supporters that will come in and they'll, they'll buy your whole list if, if, <laughs> if it's a good day for them. So, <laughs> so I, I'm just a big advocate for wherever you can put your message, as long as it's succinct and you're speaking to the right audience, you're, you're, you're going to come out better for it. Well, I always think that's a, a challenging thing in terms of charities thinking to themselves, uh, you know, what I really want is for Mackenzie Scott to write me a $100 million check. <laughs> uh, then I'm going to just go do the good work and not have to think about how much is coming in in cash to support salaries and how much am I spending on products to support the mission or whatever. But that's not the world most of us live in. Every now and again, you know, somebody gets really lucky with a, a generous donor that does want to do something really big. But mostly we're trying to think 
think about what those donors are choosing to engage with. What's the thing that makes sense to them? And for some people, it is cash. You know, I'm, I will just make a, you know, donation. You'll use that resource to either pay staff or buy backpacks or whatever you need to do. And that's great. But for those other donors that do feel more moved around, um, I, I want to meet those hygiene needs for, you know, this school or that clinic or whatever, that feels better to me. Uh, connecting them in, I think, is such an important part of what any charity can do. And as you're talking about the ability to then maybe form a relationship with them later to thank them, maybe even share a picture of the items arriving and being used for that, that mission work that they care about. Um, do, do you, um, in, in the work that you see, uh, um, see some clients or nonprofits that do that acknowledgement visual piece a little bit better? And, and how do we help kind of share those practices within the community? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am uh, right now working on case studies, right? Oh. Trying to, will we sh we'll share out social media tips about the best time of the day to, to post, or um, if you're looking for this age audience, um, or if you're looking for groups that prefer this cause category, right? Because well, we don't just serve, you know, people who, who do back to school or, or winter coats or um, food or animal welfare. I mean, we have a pretty broad platform of, of cause categories and all different types of businesses and nonprofits. And, and like you said, it's, it, it is a little bit of a grind to figure out the best way to communicate with each of these different groups. So, you know, I, I will learn something from one group and I'll see what worked for them. And I will immediately make something that I can share with, with everyone else that says, Hey, they posted this. This is the language they were using. I mean, I'll, I'll go as far as to write an Instagram post for some of my clients just to <laughs> just to kind of get them going because change is hard and wow. we live in a very fast paced world and there's lots of opportunity for people to give. So meeting that right person at the right time who wants to give to your cause it's, it's just important to me that they have the opportunity to give however they want to. Right. And, and it's, it's just finding that person. So, I mean, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes most of the time just to help people get over, you know, sharing that first wish list, right. Because once they do it once and they start to get those items in their confidence, just skyrockets and they start to figure out, okay, this donor said that they liked this. So I'm going to keep doing this. And it just takes a little bit of time to, kind of build your your in kind repertoire of, of of marketing you know terminology and and whatnot but for the most part um nonprofits know their donors pretty well and when they go down this in kind path it's because they're ready to find some new donors right that's yeah. that's really who they're attracting or, or they're learning something that maybe they just didn't open themselves up to in the first place. And that's good. Mm -hmm. We all learn as we go along that maybe we thought, hey, this, uh, I, I, if I just push for cash, I'm, I'm going to get cash as opposed to if I open the range of options, I might get more support than if I limited options to just one type of support. And until you've tried it, you maybe don't know. But it does raise the question for me, does, does it happen periodically where a client comes to you and says, you know what, I really want to just look at bulk purchasing and storage and whatnot in here. And I don't want to try and put this out there 
because we do feel like it's not a good mission communication thing and this is easier for us? Or do you ever go back to people and say, you know what, we've had people that have done wish lists for that kind of thing before and it doesn't go as well. Maybe you want to keep your focus on these other things that tend to get better support. Uh, and I, I don't know where that might be. I mean, if there are some examples of these do better when people put them out for the public versus these are things you should maybe just focus on saving your logistics costs and moving on with the other things that are more successful? Do you have types of products or, or things that get purchased where you can say this inspires more people generally, or do you just try it all? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost a, a two-part answer to that question. So we will meet the nonprofit or business or individual wherever they are. So whether they want to do whether they want to do a wish list and engage in an external community or they have the cash and they just want to save money on a bulk purchase, we can go either way. Right. So uh, there's a lot of people who will who will do a wish list and then build into a bulk purchase. Okay. Um, there's some people who will come to us and say, I just want to do a bulk purchase. And then they'll start looking around the site and see other people's wish list and they'll start to get ideas. And that's where they're kind of, you know, expanding, expanding from there. So um, I, I would say that. I've, I've seen wish lists that just have office supplies on them that have gone bananas. Um, I've seen diaper drives that have not gone well. Hmm. Um, it's, it's really just a matter of how you're engaging your audience. Do you have a, a donor base that's going to support you no matter what you're asking for? Or are you, you know, dealing with something brand new and it might take a little while for, for people to, to catch on, but no matter how people come to, to the platform, we'll help you with, with whatever you're, you're trying to make it through. Because like I said, in the beginning of, of our, of our interview here, bulk purchasing is really the key right now um, in order to, 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 to get ahead of everyone else that's trying to get the same, the same products that you are. So um, we have actually seen more focus on that in the past six months, I'd say, as people go online and they're, they can't find the products that they need. They just, yeah. they just can't find them or they can't buy enough of what they need, right? You're, you're capped on Amazon um, with cleaning supplies and certain things like that. So it's really just to come as you are um, and, you know, ask us for, for what you need, whether that's engaging an external community or just helping your internal purchasing and you will receive, we will, we will <laughs> do our best to, to make sure that, that you feel good about your interaction and that it's, it's helped you in some way. Right. Uh, you know, we've received the, the best that the world allows anyway. Uh, as we're recording this, we're um, in the, it's uh, May of 22. There's a, a pretty serious uh, infant formula shortage that's happening in the United States, maybe worldwide. I don't actually know, but um, there's only so much that anybody can do, regardless of how much bulk purchasing and time and all the rest of it comes out, that this is just an impact that happens and you work with it the best you can. But uh, certainly being as smart as you can about those needs as early as you know, makes sense mm -hmm. to me. Um, mm -hmm. We are running a little short on time though. And I do want to just ask you for those uh, charities that are listening right now that are going, okay, I, I hadn't thought about X or Y, and now I'm intrigued. What's, what's the best way to get started? How do they begin thinking about working with you? Uh, yeah. So just going to rightgift.com. It's R-I-G-H-T-G-I-F 
www.twritegift.com. Um, you can start a free account. Like I said, that it's going to take less than a minute and someone will be, you know, to you that day and, oh. and just start chatting with you about what you want to talk about. Right. Um, you don't have to have an account on the platform to do a bulk purchase. That's really just for the wishlist side of things. But if you are wanting to do a bulk purchase, there's forms on our, our page as well. You just go to the bulk purchase page. You can see our online catalogs, which are sampling of some of the items we have. We just have too many to, to list in one place. So, um, and, you know, pricing changes every day. So everything that we're quoting you is based on real-time pricing that we're getting from our supplier with shipping included. So filling out a bulk purchase, you know, form is, is the other way to go. And again, someone will be with you within, you know, 24 to 48 hours to check in and, and see if you wanted leggings, what size are you looking for? How many, um, what colors? So we, we really do put a lot on our team at Right Gift to make sure that they act as a true consultant and, talk through what your needs are um, on an individual basis. So that does bring up one more question for me anyway, about, um, you know, serving a, a broad community across different states, uh, because sales tax is going to be a thing in some places mm -hmm. different from other places here in Minnesota. Um, most food and clothing items are not taxed, but a lot of the other items are subject to tax, but you can get a sales tax exemption. If you're a nonprofit organization, you got to get the certificate. And how do you help sort through those things? Or do people just need to sort of apply for a rebate based on the state that they're in? Or how do you think about those? parts of the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are, you know, we, we take care of that. Um, oh, okay. That's that that's kind of a one of those extra fees or services that that comes with the consultant, the consultancy, right? So you come to us and we are depending on where you're shipping, we're going to gather that information from the beginning so that we can speak in intelligently about the state that you're in, because you're right, every state is different. You know, we pay taxes in some states, um, but for the most part, the nonprofits that use the platform are going to be tax exempt. And um, we we really haven't had a lot of issues outside of that. So that's something that we take on an individual, you know, case by case basis. But but for the most part, um, our, our team is able to kind of help you navigate those those waters. I mean, we have questions about people donating, you know, across state lines and and everyone's kind of got little things that sit in the back of their mind. So we we take those seriously and and go step by step to kind of make sure that that we're dotting all of our i's and crossing our t's <laughs> well we certainly appreciate all that help because the uh, the question marks often are you know what is uh, tax exempt what might not be mm -hmm. tax exempt trying to figure that out in and of itself um, can be challenging, you know, even if you operate within just one state's boundaries, but let alone with the donors in another state, or maybe you're um, a nonprofit that does operate in more than one state. And oh, goodness gracious, nice to know <laughs> that there's some help available to try and sort those pieces out. So uh, we'll put the link to the uh, Right Gift website in the show notes so people that are listening can you know, see that link right away in your app uh, listening to this uh, and go give it a, a look-see and see if it's right for you. Um, we do need to wrap up for right now. So I'm just going to say thank you to Allie Metter, who is the uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Right Gift. Allie, I appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been fantastic. <laughs> 